An uplifter is a compelling leader who tries to breathe life and hope into people around them. Who listen and care and guide and help. Whose way of being in the world inspires. Who uplifts with humor and understanding. Who leads by example. Don't judge. Vulnerable. Bold determination. Who are here to create a better world. Who can learn and teach. Who encourages you. Who shines their light to lead other people. Who uses their best self in order to help others. And the life that I like and I work toward that. We are all uplifters. Mwah, big love. I am nominating Kai Abrams as an uplifter. She inspires me because she is a former Ivy League graduate who was working in politics and came back and gave up that career and started her business, a non-for-profit called Admission Squad, where she educates marginalized students on being prepared for the specialized tests in New York City. Welcome to the Uplifters podcast. I'm your host, Aranza Savas, and today I'm joined by Ty Abrams. And you just heard her friend and mine, Kim Williams, who is another of our amazing Uplifters ambassadors introducing Ty. Ty has learned how to fund her inner fire. And today she's going to share her tips, resources, and ideas that she coaches others on to create the sources of passive income that can fund our futures. Ty, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here and I'm excited for our conversation today. Me too. So Ty, okay, tell us what you're doing now. I've really been on this quest to figure out, you know, what fulfills me now? Who do I want to serve? And what's going to light me up? the same way that I felt about 10 years ago for my nonprofit. And I have a heart space for helping women achieve the freedom that they need financially, time freedom, location freedom, so that they can show up as the full version of themselves. I think women take on a lot of hats, as we all know, wife, mom, sister, friend, you know, employee, entrepreneur, and we're juggling all these hats. And sometimes money not being present can really cause you to limit some of the choices that you would inherently make that's best for your soul. And that's deep, right? Like you really deserve to be able to show up as the full version of yourself. And I just don't feel that money should be a limitation. So I've been creating uh, passive income portfolios for myself and others so that we can hear the cha-ching on our phone throughout the day. And it frees you up mentally, spiritually, emotionally to truly create what you want to bring to the world without money being some sort of a limiting factor. What was the process you went through to find that next fire source for yourself? My journey actually started uh, because I had six figures of student loan debt. I graduated as a 22-year-old from Duke with $143,000. And I asked, for lots of help and no one had answers. Everyone just said, hey, like debt is something you live with. And I was not going to take that as an answer for my future. And I made a decision that I wanted to have an impact while paying off my debt and creating that income to pay it off. 
So once I paid it off, it took me about seven years. I really did feel like, well, what is my purpose now? What is my motivation now? Of course, I'm impacting all these children, but the fuel behind it was me wanting to achieve freedom while having an impact. So I had to go through this whole new identity shift to figure out you know, who I was as a young woman, how I wanted to show up in the world. It's been so many iterations and me testing out different opportunities and re getting started and realizing the fire just wasn't there. (laughs) So some of it is just life experience and just being open-minded to different opportunities and like experiencing different people, learning new perspectives. I went to conferences. I've just networked with new perspectives, people who come from different backgrounds. And this concept of passive income emerged into popularity And so a friend of mine and I read a book called The Lifestyle Investor by Justin Donald. And I call it Rich Dad Poor Dad 2.0 because he talks about some of the more modern passive income vehicles that exist for us that we can uh, explore. And for the first time in several years, I was fired up. I was like, this is something I want to figure out. I want to be able to gift it to myself, my family, and my community it's been two years. So I'm like, okay, it's still here. So that's another thing, checking in with yourself <laughs> to make sure that the fire is still burning. And I'm so excited about it that I'm like, okay, this is something I can build on and I can create from and I can gift to the world. So that's where I am now. Will you give it to us today? I want to hear everything about what you teach on this. So where do you begin with folks when you're coaching them on developing sources of passive income? Well, the first step is definitely what is your why? You know, why are you doing this? It's different for different people. You have to understand that this is a journey. It's not like something that's going to happen automatically. And you also want to be open to the process. You need to have a risk appetite because I definitely had to use my personal money to invest into a variety of opportunities, some of which didn't work, some that did work. And there's also levels. You can start at $500. You can start at $1,000. You can start at $50,000, right? So we got to know where you at on that scale. And of course, the level at which you invest is going to be the level at which you get the outcome. So high risk, high reward, low risk, low, low reward. So just really kind of understanding that profile for that person, really setting some healthy expectations around the time frame that you know you're going to get some outcomes and of course understanding what their goals are if you need the money like next week <laughs> versus 6 months versus you know this is something for my children's future in 5 years we have a little bit more room to find a vehicle that works best for you a lot of folks know about real estate real estate is a great vehicle i've actually not taken the real estate route so my whole goal for myself was How do I do this not doing some of the more traditional paths? And also, how do I do it at different levels to show people that there are multiple entry points that you can take to create some level of passive income for yourself that can make a huge difference? So that that was the experiment. It's just been an experiment. And I've just been trying things out. There's all these lists of like, passive income routes that you can take. And so I wanted to actually try it out. Some of it is just like, okay, this is not real or like, like dividend stocks. You need like $600,000 to get like 10,000 a month. I'm like, what? That doesn't make sense. You need a lot in order to get a modest amount. Doesn't make sense. 
So just really wanted to understand like what's out there. That's probably for someone who came into a lot of money and they're trying to figure out what to do with it, how to turn it into passive income quickly. But a lot of the folks that I'll work with, maybe they're not working with $100,000 or $500,000. They're working with $10,000 or $20,000. So we start with that conversation to see where you are, where you're trying to go, how quickly do you want to get there? And do you understand the commitment that it's going to require from a risk appetite perspective, from the ability to test things out? Like you have to have an experimenter's mindset because a lot of these spaces that we're venturing into, they didn't exist five, 10 years ago, you know? So you kind of have to be ready for the unknown and also operate from a place of faith. And like you said, experimenting and learning your way through it. So can you give us some examples of each of those that people might explore? Sure. So very quickly, one of the areas I always talk about is Etsy. Like I'm on Etsy. I have like a few stores on Etsy. And as long as you have the right mindset around finding winning products, positioning those products appropriately, and positioning it at the right time, you can get money right away. And it's really not any cost to setting up an Etsy store. You could do one today, tomorrow, you know, you do want to make sure all your legal stuff is in place, all your tax write-offs, all of the things. Of course, if you're trying to make it big, that takes a longer amount of time, but there are products. If you do your research appropriately, where you can get paid today, tomorrow, next week. And it's just a matter of like finding the right products and posting it in a way that's it's appealing to the customer. And just in e-commerce in general, it's timing, right? Like think about Christmas. So people are in that mindset of like, buy, 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 buy. So you just have to figure out what is that thing that I can position that people want from me, right? And so getting really good at that process is, is, is a great starting point. And there's so many platforms, you know, some people are doing Amazon, some people are doing Walmart, some people are doing eBay. There's so many platforms you can use. I've personally invested time in Etsy. And so that has been a huge, amazing uh, contributor to my success. And I, you know, I hope more people will give it a try. Etsy has been around for a, a while. I don't know. I probably just didn't think of it as something I could be a part of. That's another thing, like, you know, really shifting your mindset around what's possible for you. Yeah, and I think anything like Poshmark, resaling. And one of the things that seems like it would make a lot of sense is think about what you love doing and do with your spare time and then consider how to translate that into earning. So I am somebody who loves to shop at thrift stores and loves to craft. So I don't know why I'm not on Poshmark and Etsy. I guess really because it feels like well, that would just take a lot of time and it wouldn't be worth the energy. So how have you made it worth your energy? How much are you putting in to get something out? You are going to be shocked when I tell you this. One hour a month. I, that might even be too much. <laughs> like, so, yes. So I'm an entrepreneur and one of the rules of entrepreneurship is delegation. And so I've been really good about finding teams of people to carry out my thoughts, my visions, the things that I want to do in the world. I'm so grateful that I learned the skill. There were years when I was running my nonprofit where I'm like, I have to do everything. I have to teach everything. I need to know everything. I was just like so hands-on. And I remember like speaking with a friend of mine, like he was an entrepreneur. He was just like, that is limiting you. 
And the minute you get out of your own way, you are going to see a whole nother level of success. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I I just don't, I just can't release it. And just finally, once it literally just clicked in my head, find people who are better at what you want to do than you are. I'm a mathematician. No one can touch me in teaching someone mathematics. I'm a great educator. I can inspire. I can motivate. So anything around workshops, anything around test preparation, that's my domain expertise. I know how to structure things. Like There's just things that I know that I'm good at. But learning e-commerce, I did take the time to like take a course and I learned some of the basics, but there were things that were just taking too long. So I said, there is someone in this world that can do this better than me faster than me. And I will pay (laughs) to make it happen. As soon as I want to figure something out, I first check in with myself to identify what are my strengths? What can I do well? And then what are the things that I just don't know how to do? It'll just take way too long for me to get ramped up to bring it to market. And I instead look through my network first and then look beyond to see, okay, like who is excited about this, wants to be a part of this vision. And I decide who I want to choose to work with. That's so smart. And so you're you're combining this these really powerful questions and self-reflection with a repeatable process. Exactly. Of what are my gifts? What gifts can I purchase? And using that to decide whether or not the risk and reward equation is right for you. Absolutely. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And I want to talk to you every day about this so that I can figure out all of these answers for myself. Okay. So what about people who are more interested in sort of a midterm investment, maybe something they put more into and the rewards take a little longer to reap? I know a lot of folks were getting into Airbnb and that doesn't have to require like a whole lot, but maybe that'll be like around like a $15,000, $20,000 investment. I know things are going on in the New York area around Airbnb. So, but that's not true for other places. So if you're really good at finding the right location and you don't even have to own the property, a lot of folks have been coaching on that where you can partner with, you know, leasing companies, like lease out an apartment and you do have to spend the money to furnish it. So that's where some of the upfront costs are going to come from. That's what I'm saying. It's more like maybe 10, 15,000, maybe even 20,000. You kind of get it ready to go and put all the systems in place. So everything that I'm really pushing now is about automation. So how do you fully automate an Airbnb property to where you don't physically have to be there. So it's a simple thing. And we've seen some of this already where you have the lock on the door where the the person just puts the code in, or you have some of the the shipments coming to the apartment on, on, on repeat auto ship. Of course you have to have someone physically come and clean, but there's ways to have that process automated too. They're just going to come in, do what they need to do, go out. You can have cameras in place. You can track to see what they're doing. So you want to just really take a second to think about how do you do this process start to finish without having to physically be there? Um, and still, of course, ensure some level of quality control. Can we get down to zero hours a year? I don't know if we can get to zero, but <laughs> we can get down to maybe one to two hours a month and still having that passive income flowing through. So I think Airbnb is something that will resonate with a lot of people. It's not going to be low cost. Like an Etsy store, I've set up one of my Etsy stores for $300 and I've made $8,000 from it. So that's like one baseline example, whereas the Airbnb is going to require a little bit more upfront investment to kind of get going. And then you have to list it on all the websites. You also need to create a brand if you want this to kind of be successful in the long term. So that's going to require just a little bit more capital 
and thought and energy around brand building to make that possible for you. Whereas a like Etsy or Amazon or you know Walmart, these are marketplaces. So the customers are already there, right? That's the difference. Whereas Airbnb does have the customers, but if you want to build a brand, you want to have your own website, you want to have it placed different places and more, you know, more like more brilliantly, you want to build a customer base. So you should actually be reaching out to folks who have a use case for your properties, right? So that's what I'm saying. I think if you want to do it right, <laughs> like then it's going to require just a bit more. You can't just post. You have to actually like run ads. You want to figure out how are you building that customer base because it's not enough just to post. So people could listen to this and just like, well, I posted five products and I'm not getting any sales. It's, nothing is that simple. You have to build your audience. And have you hired people to do that management for these passive income opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So again, and it's like, am I like an expert on ads? No, I know the Etsy ads are not hard. Once I hire someone for one project and I learn what they're doing, I don't have to hire them again for the next project. So I kind of watched what this team did for me for one of the projects. And then I was like, well, let me just launch another Etsy store so I can ensure that I learn the skill. Right. And so that second one that I'm saying was only $300. Like the first one I paid like $5,000. The second one I only paid $300 because now I saw the skill set. I was able to see like what they did, how they communicated with the customer, how they positioned the products. And it was way cheaper, right? So I think if you're smart about it, like when you're hiring these people, you're not fully hands-off. And that's why I'm saying, is anything fully hands-off? If if you want to be that hands-off, you're going to have to keep paying. So instead you're paying for expertise. You're paying for partnership. You're paying to expedite a process. But ideally, if you are a little bit more hands-on while this is happening, you can duplicate that process for yourself and others. So that's kind of the mindset that I'm approaching this with because I want to be able to duplicate this into perpetuity for other people as well. So that's been you know, my mindset and how I'm growing. That's so smart because it brings in your analytical strength. Exactly. And it allows you to multiply the rewards of each experiment. And I think so often we are experiment averse because we want to win. We want to get things right. We want to get reward right away. And your fundamental mindset shift is I'm going to learn my way in by trying things, using them as an an intentional learning process. And then translating that learning actively into more reward and more benefit for myself and others. And it's clear for you that your values are you want freedom and you want impact. So everything I hear you doing is incredibly perfectly aligned with those values. And so no wonder it feels energizing. Maybe a year and a half ago, I sat down and I wrote out my values and I was like, how did I miss this activity? I think there were just things in life where I was just doing what I loved, but I didn't take the time to actually like really think deeply about what are my values. So I really had to pay attention to what are all the things that I kind of constantly gravitate to? What do I love? Who are the people that show up the strongest in my life and why? Why do I gravitate to them? Uh, what projects do I constantly want to create? Because you know, there's so many iterations, but the, the actual DNA of those projects tend to be the same. So it helped me to figure out what are those values. And of course, impact is one of them. Growth is another one. Like I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner. 
I constantly want to be growing and evolving my faith, my family. I want time for family and love and relationships. So anything I build needs to leave room for that. Health and beauty is extremely important to me. I just went through, I found seven core values that no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what relationship I'm in, these seven need to show up. And it just helped me to really be clear on what opportunities I wanted to bring into my world as well, because it needed to be in full alignment with these seven. Fun is one of them. So I'm never going to take a job that is going to pay me a million dollars and I don't leave room for fun and adventure, right? So there's ways to design life so that you can hit all of those you know, pieces of the puzzle and that way your soul can be fulfilled and you can experience perfect self-expression. And once you have clarity around who you are, what you value and how you want to show up in the world, then we can start to create business opportunities that fully supports your self-expression. Um, and I think people miss that because we hustling and grinding. We got to pay this rent. We got to pay the mortgage. We got to pay the rent. We got to get the children to school. <laughs> we, we just got to do. And we want to take time to be. <laughs> so. And how could we possibly have energy to be if we're just grinding all the time? And that's the, that's the challenge. Freedom is so important. This is not just a selfish thing. The world would be better if we had more people who are able to tap into who they are to figure out what they want to create. Imagine folks who really had an intimate understanding of their inherent strengths and talents and how they want to show up, how much more innovation we would have in the world, how much more, you know, impact and change, right? Because now you have time, space, and room to think about how you want to show up. And because it's from a place of abundance and joy, you do far more, right? When you're coming from a place of hustling and grinding, you resent what you have to do every day. And you're like trying to figure out how to do the bare minimum to get the highest, you know, monetary output. And I think we have more of that going on, which, you know, no judgment, like it's just the reality of what people are going through. But I think there's just so much more opportunity when people can really tap into who they are and how they want to show up, I think they will contribute more to the world. And that's what we want, right? We're seeking contribution and impact, but we're behaving in a way that creates exhaustion and depletion. Exactly. And I, I just don't think that's cool. I have my, my heart is for women specifically because it's on another level. We have feminism. Women are earning more. They're doing more, but we still have the responsibilities at home. How are women doing it? I'm wanting to start a family soon, but I'm not even there yet. And I'm just like, this is a lot. And I'm just, <laughs> just in this season of my life. How? Please. Do you have time for self? Do you have time for purpose? Do you have time for family? Do you have time for your, your lover? Do you have time for your dreams? How are you creating a life where there's room and space for all of those things? And of course, you probably are not going to get everything done at the same time, but it does take some, some thought around making sure that you can show up in a healthy way for those roles, because I think they're all so important. And it's so easy to get sucked into a place where what we care most about gets the least of our attention. And so what I hear you doing is starting with what do I care about? What really matters? And then how do I afford it? How do I very simply fund my happiness? That's it. The other activity that a friend of mine and I did, we, what is your freedom number? I love this activity. Yeah. Tell, okay. Okay. I'm ready. Tell me. 
Because I think life was designed for you to work all these years. And at this, from very young, I, I don't know where this came from because my mom is not like this at all. She very much so has worked her life. But I just said, no, I, I challenge myself and everyone around me to redesign life in a way that works for them, right? So we did this activity and we were just like, what does it cost? What does the rest of our lives actually cost? This is not just a budget for a month or a budget for a year. This is a budget for a lifetime. (laughs) So we said everything from a household with your partner, every child that you want to have, even if let's say you don't even have them, it's fine. Over plan. Let's say you wanted to have America's 2.5 children. So let's say three. (laughs) So put that in the budget. Paying for the college. Let's say you wanted to help out with the wedding. Making sure that your parents are taken care of in their older age. Trips, luxury, self-care. I just threw everything into it and built it out. It's almost like you're doing a financial model. And I I did have a short background in investment banking. So we were just doing a financial model for my own life and just built it out for the next 50 years. And of course, like putting money aside for retirement funds and things that's going to be there in the future. And so that number for me came up to something around like 10 million. And it just seemed not as intimidating. I think we've never taken the time to kind of like figure out what that number is. Okay, 10 million is not $10. But if I had that number in my mind, let's say right when I graduated, and then it informed how I moved, then the the only goal really is, okay, well, how do we do something that like add enough value to the world that's going to give me that 10 million and then just wrap it up in investments and then boom. You don't really have to work in the same way. Now, again, and I think work is turns into purpose at that point, right? Because now you're just like, okay, well, how else can I show up? But money is not the carrot that's controlling you anymore. And so that was mind-blowing for us because we were just like, let's just do it. Let's just see what the number is. Because then how you show up is going to be different, right? Because like you can build out, let's say, a digital marketing company. You could do, build out a successful YouTube channel. You can build out some sort of a, maybe a laundromat, you know, and get it to a certain valuation and then you sell it and you just get your 10 million. And then it's like, well, this only took like five, 10 years. And then what are we going to do now? So it's a different way of thinking, right? So I was like, wow, that's what's really limiting us. We're not thinking big enough. We're not thinking deep enough. We're not being creative in how we can design our time. And once we do that in a, on a deeper level, we can really, really create what we want. And I think that's what I want to see happen with more people. I want to see that happen for myself even more, but I I want that mental freedom for everyone. I want that emotional freedom, time, location, and financial, (laughs) but there's also like just a soul freedom, Yes, right? Like just the ability to just be who you were meant to be. What were you sent here to do? Why are you on this earth at this point in time? That is your highest priority to figure out every day and live out every day. And so, yes, making room for that is key. And it starts with facing the facts, getting the real truth. And I feel like in my own life and in so many of my clients' lives, most of our blocks are caused by ideas or thoughts or beliefs. I don't have enough money. I'm not doing enough. I have not achieved my highest purpose. Okay. What data 
is fueling this belief. And so often when we put out the data, whether it's the exact numbers that are contributing to this or the exact voice or person we hear sort of upholding this belief, I always joke that it's usually some guy in third grade who made fun of your hair and you don't even know his name. Right. But also with money, right? Like, I don't have enough money. Okay, well, let's look at money and let's get really specific and look at the data points. And then we have actual information we can use to create a path or to even see if the judgments we're making on ourselves or the beliefs are true for us. Yeah. But until we look at that real fact set, we're just making things up and we're just piling more guilt and shame on ourselves. Yeah, that is so true. And it's it's just unfortunate because like you are what you think about repeatedly. Yes. The world that you live in today is a reflection of your thoughts. And once you own that, I don't care whether it's good, bad, ugly, pretty, you need to own it your next step is to figure out how do I change? How do I adjust? How do I improve? How do I enhance? How do I shift? Because I want different for myself. And I think it's just super important that we kind of get to that place because we only have one life to live. Like this, you don't get a (laughs) do-over. You do not get a do-over. This is it. Like today, right here, right now, not tomorrow, not next year, not the next lifetime. You want to make this your best life yet. You you deserve that. So you really have to own your thoughts because your thoughts are dictating your emotions, is dictating your actions, is dictating your behaviors, is dictating your habits, and it's creating the world that you live in today. So that's super important for people to come to terms with. We're doing all this busy work, but we're distracting ourselves from the real work. Yep. That's a whole word right there. There's the next bug. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ty, you are amazing. You are energizing and you are clarifying. Yeah. And you are activating. And I said this today to a coaching client. She was, she had a moment of clarity and focus. And I said, okay. You are on the activation wave right here. You know what you want. You were at that place where you you were fired up. And then I said, okay, so how are you going to stay on the wave with your next move? What does the next hour look like? And I think that's such an important question to ask ourselves when we hear a voice like yours that says, you can do this. You do not have to put up with the same old beliefs and processes that you've been using if they are not working for you. You get to change them. And right now in this moment, so many of us, myself included, are listening to time. We're like, there is so much I can do with this in my life. And so that is what I call being on that activation wave. And that sense of fire now is precious. And so the challenge I want to give all of us listening, and maybe even there's something for you in there, Ty, is on that activation wave in this moment of feeling fired up and clarified, what's the next step? What do I do today to turn this fire, this inner fire into an outer flame? I love that. Yes. <laughs> no, it's, it's so action is important. So I love that you yes. said activation because we can stay in our heads all the time. We can write things down. We can wish it, you know, into existence, but you have to do, you know, and you have to plan and you have to set goals and you have to reach those goals. So that's, 
that's really what this is all about. Like really getting it to a place where it's not a thought, but this is like the life that you get to live every single day. And that's what, that's what we want. That's what we want. And so we have to, you have to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And we are the ones to do that. Yep. And there is, as you said, the only limitation is our beliefs. The resources are available. The tools are available. Now more than ever before. <laughs> I keep saying there's so much we can Google. The one thing we can't Google is our mindset and our own belief systems. This moment, I hope, serves for all of us as a call to action to challenge our mindsets and beliefs and to get those in order so that we can go Google the other answers <laughs> and get going. It's Googleable. Ty, let's do 50 more episodes. <laughs> We're now changing the name of the podcast <laughs> to Ty and Aransas Conquer the World. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're doing it. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. Uplifters, thank you for listening. Let us know what you do with these ideas, what they bring up for you and your sources of income. You can find us over at theupliftherspodcast.com. We have a thriving community of uplifters who are sharing ideas, tips, tools, and resources so that we can all keep rising higher together. Thank you for listening to the Uplifters podcast. If you're getting a boost from these episodes, please share them with the uplifters in your life and then join us in conversation over at theupliftherspodcast.com. Head over to Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast and like, follow, and rate our show. It'll really help us connect with more uplifters and it'll ensure you never miss one of these beautiful stories. Mwah! Big love! Painted water sunshine With rosemary and tun Dwell in the perplexing Though you find it vexing Toss a star and hover Be your own best lover Relish in a new prime Plant a tree in springtime Dance with that old hindsight Sun to twilight, lift you up, whoa, lift you up, whoa, lift you up, whoa, lift you up, lift you up, whoa, lift you up, whoa. Mommy, stop crying. Mommy, stop crying. You're disturbing the peace.